welcome to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this program is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. I'd like to thank Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. St. Croix, the best rods on earth, and Daiwa, they've got your bass covered. My first guest this week will be Dan Johnston. We're talking ice fishing across the country. Temperatures have plummeted. Some of you that normally don't get the ice fish may get to do it. Listen to what Dan has to say. And then I talked to Glenn Young from Z-Man. They've got a bunch of new products. Listen to what Glenn has to say. You're going to want to try some of these. And then the first time to the program, Pat Schlappler. He has been fishing the last four years. On the Bassmaster Elites, he was on his way down to practice, down to uh, Fork and Toledo Bend. Listen to what Pat has to say, but first, I'd like to remind the listeners that this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. You know, half the country is frozen. Uh, down in Tennessee, they're getting seven to nine inches of snow today. That's just crazy. So if we ever were going to talk about ice fishing, today's the day. What do you think? Yes, well, I think my thermometer on my truck said minus 14, and that's without the wind this morning. So I think the timing is, is good for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in northern Illinois. Uh, three days ago, we had lakes with zero ice. Some of those lakes, I sold bait this morning out of my retail store in Crisp Lake, Illinois. And they have four to five inches of ice with minus 12, 13, 14. You make ice at a couple inches a day or a night, and it, it's pretty crazy. But if people want to get out there, I think we both would have to recommend that they wait for this extreme weather to go away. And when it warms up into the 30s in the week to 10 day like they're showing, that's the day to walk out there. Yeah, there's no doubt. And obviously safety comes first. And we, we should start that with every single ice fishing podcast, whether we've had sub-zero temperatures or not you know we always want to go through our protocol that we've covered on past episodes um and just making sure that uh we have safe ice first but yeah i agree i mean you get the, the biggest thing and I, and I get it when you're in a tent with a heater you, you you alleviate line freeze up but it's also very effective to hole hop and cover water and look around and be, be outside with a little bit longer rod and jump around to try to find active fish and find out where they are in the water column, certainly using electronics just by kind of chunking and dipping and going around. And that is a lot easier when you're above freezing temperatures, obviously, because your line gets wet on the first drop down when you reel it back and your guide train starts freezing up and you get chunks of ice on your line and you can do it, but it's all a whole lot better when it's warmer. Plus, another thing I would add is it, as with open water fishing, you know, the worst time to fish is right smack during a severe cold front and that high barometer, clear blue sky, brutal cold deal where they're, they're going to bite better when it's on that warming trend, too. And they're going to move around better, too. So you'll show them a lot better in your electronics because they're not just hunkered up into a brush pile, not moving like they do in fronts. Yeah, and you don't even have to, if you got a day you're going to go, go out there in the morning, look around. I always like evenings best. That last hour of the day always is good for me. Go out there, look around, see where people are at, see where they're catching fish. If they're catching some there in the morning, go back in the evening. The last couple hours of the evening, you could have a blast. You'll learn something. You tell people that you're new. They will help you. The ice fishing community is probably... A lot more helpful than pulling up next to somebody's boat that you can say, hey, are you catching them? That doesn't work so well, but on the ice, you can walk up to them and they will help you. 
Well, yeah, and to your to uh, to your point, I would add a little bit to it, and you know, obviously, you know, not always because we always have roaming fish, satellite fish, bluff wall fish, water column fish. I get all that, but generally speaking, if we can find cover, um, like a brush pile, and I'm talking about crappies and bluegills here, yeah, um, and if you mark, you can mark those things uh, big time in that brush pile. And to your point. Just because you're not catching them doesn't mean they're not going to bite. So if you hit a feeding window and go back to that spot, a lot of times you can find those fish will light up. And I, you know, I'm I'm a little old school. I go off the the fishing time. I, I mean, I, I still go off of that. You know, there's charts on that, and you can. Granted, we don't always get to go when we want to go, but if we can, you know, if it's a weekend or we have the opportunity to pick our time to go, hitting that feeding window can be a really, really productive thing. And, you know, my key would be when it's cold and when they're not biting really, really good, try to get as close to cover as you possibly can and rig baits that you can kind of get in it. You know, and fish in the stuff. And then when they're biting better, I drill my holes four, five, six, seven, ten feet off it, depending on water clarity, to pull them to it. Absolutely. And you said feeding time. Uh, the listeners out there, all you got to do is go on your phone, look up salooner times, type in your zip code. In most cases, it'll give you the window of opportunity that is uh better and it is dan and i both believe in it for the anything outdoors fishing bird watching hunting it all applies and it does work so try to fish within those windows or if you know you're going to be set up and okay they're not biting i'm going to go home if you know that it's going to start in an hour and a half stick it out because it's worked for both of us hasn't it yeah it certainly can and you know the, the fishing time piece is where i start if i have a choice uh, I don't always necessarily hang everything on it because you have, you know, you can have the wind change directions at a certain hour that that fishing time doesn't know. You can have barometer rising or falling that it doesn't know. Uh, but generally speaking, it's a really good barometer to fish. And if you don't do, if you do anything else, try to go, you know, first light or last light. You know, in hunting and fishing, things just happen. You know, when that sun gets an angle on it a little bit, usually is a pretty good thing. It does. And I would start at your local tackle store. If you ha don't have the opportunity to go out and fish somewhere, go to your local tackle store. They'll send you in the right direction. They want you to be successful. Take your kids with you. They're going to help you even more because they want kids to be successful. It's the future of all of our businesses. And uh, it, it can be fun, but not when it's minus 14 and the wind's blowing and it you know, makes the wind chill minus 30. But there are some days coming up here in the forecast that it looks like across the Midwest, there'll be 8, 10, 12 inches of ice, and you'll have 30 degree temperatures and the winds are going to be maybe 5 to 10. That's not going to be too brutal, is it? No, it's not. And I love your point about the kids because you take wax worms out there and you get them a spring bobber and, you know, you get set up over a bunch of active fish. And, you know, it's funny. I, I get to talk to, you know, thousands of anglers all the time and, you know, living where I live. When I get into the South, people are like, man, are you crazy? You're into that ice fishing thing? You know, it's so funny because they, they don't understand how fun it is. And, and one of the biggest advantages to ice fishing is there's no time throughout the year, period, where panfish are more huddled up and schooled up than right now. And if you find them, you can absolutely smoke them. And it's one after the other. It's a blast. It's manipulating light line. It's a short little rod, so they're fighting like crazy. And it, for those listeners out there that haven't tried it, 
it is a lot of fun. Um, I'm still a big advocate of electronics. I dial my, I won't even go if I don't have my flasher. Uh, so if you don't have one of those, borrow one or go with somebody that does because it adds. A, it's like playing a video game on steroids, but it's in the <laughs> real world, and it's just a, it's it's a blast. It is, and I think both you and I would recommend plant on eating fish, filleting those fish, having them for dinner, because there is nothing better in this world than pan-fried bluegills, crappies. After you come off the ice, they are tasty. 100% agree. It's table fare is a big part of it for me, too, and they don't taste any better than the day you caught them. No. Get out there. Go ice fishing. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate your time and look forward to talking to you next week. Hey, Dave, thank you so much. No problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Kranz. This is the Wheatfish ASA podcast, and this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. We will be right back. For over 75 years here at St. Croix, we believe every angler deserves the best fishing experience possible in being equipped and prepared for the moment opportunity strikes. You can only provide control if you are in control. Our legacy is being written every day with decisions today determining our successes tomorrow. We value contributions and successes of all individuals, protecting and preserving the things that matter most, taking care of people like family, the persistent pursuit of perfection, St. Croix. Daiwa, MAGFORCE-Z, similar in design to our SV system. Reels with MagForce Z excel when it comes to casting control while fishing bigger, heavier baits. Our standard reels have a fixed rotor on the spool, meaning the braking pressure is consistent across the entirety of the cast. MagForce Z incorporates a spool that has a dynamic rotor that can adjust out and back from the spool. This gives you maximum control and casting precision. Daiwa. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit keepamericafishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. This segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors, I always like to say everybody I get to interview on this segment has a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly does. He is from Z-Man, and he is Glenn Young. Welcome back to the program, Glenn. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you having me. Oh, no problem. We did this uh, a while back, and uh, maybe it was about a year ago, but uh, Z-Man has a lot of new products coming out, and I would like you to maybe tell the listeners about a few. Let's start off with that rattle insertion tool. That's a pretty slick item. It really is. That's the rattlesnaker, and that, I think, for a lot of people is an absolute game changer because one of the most difficult things to do with our material is to insert a rattle into it, but, you know, it's, it's not easy with other plastics, too, and the rattlesnaker allows anybody to add a rattle to any plastic, but it especially makes it really easy with our stuff. Uh, just because, you know, elastic doesn't rip or tear, so it's very difficult to get a rattle in there, especially get one to stay. And the Rattlesnaker solves that. It's, it's a really unique tool. I mean, it comes with 10 rattles already in it, so it's got a rattle holder built into it, so you always carry your rattles around with you. And then you can buy the loose pack of 10 rattles as a replacement as well. So once you have this tool, you can literally add a, a rattle to any bait in your box. Yeah, and sometimes you want to rattle, sometimes you don't. But when you do, that that's a great tool. I I think it it was very neat to see. What else do we have in the lineup that's uh, that's new? 
Um, well, we came out with a new Chatterbait this year, the Chatterbait Elite Evo. That was an upgrade for the Chatterbait Elite Series that we've had for a long time. I mean, most of the time I've been here, we've had the Elite Series. We kind of felt it was time for a little makeover um, with that updated a little bit and upgraded. So that's what we did. We uh, basically started from scratch and designed a, a new premium Chatterbait called the Chatterbait Elite Evo, Evo standing for the next evolution of that Elite Series. And it's a really, really cool uh, evolutionary step, really. We were able to do things like one of the unique things or some of the blade colors and finishes that we have, we haven't done in the past. Um, we have these glitter finishes and colors that we haven't done before, and we've been able to epoxy coat these finishes so that they're a little bit more durable than some of the painted blades that have been done in the past. Um, and it also has a very detailed head with a great paint job, 3D eyes on it. It has two keepers to hold the, the trailer, and they're very easy to rig, not just with our stuff, but any trailer, but um, designed to be very easy to rig. It's got a custom 5 watt hook on there and a wire-tied skirt. Um, and it's designed to start up immediately, which is what a lot of people want out of their chatterbaits, and that's what this one does. So it was a really nice upgrade, and it, you know, it's a retail for nine ninety nine, so it's a great value for somebody who wants a premium chatterbait, but you know, maybe doesn't want to spend the money for something else. Yeah, yeah, and and this would be a great uh, chatterbait because some of us are pitching and flipping these, and with that blade start being so quick, this would be the one that I am excited to try and use for that. Exactly, because when you're fishing that type of a method, you don't have a whole lot of time to allow that blade to start up. You've got a short distance, so it has to start working right away. No, and then, what yeah, else? That's important for what you're doing. Yep. What else do we have? Well, we came out with a new trailer for that, too, called the Chatter Spite. So, again, we went back to the drawing board and decided to design a, a Chatterbait trailer from scratch, something would be... You know, instantly recognized as a trailer for that. I mean, everybody's been using the Razor Shad for years, and it's a great trailer, but it doesn't necessarily call out that it's a Chatterbait trailer. And the Chatter Spike does, and so the Chatterbait, uh, the Chatter Spike has a really nice tapered appearance to it, and it's got a segmented body that allows it to move really well. So it really kind of takes advantage of the vibration the blade is catching, and really forces that tail to wiggle quite a bit while it's giving you that kind of that sleek tapered bait fish profile underneath that skirt so that that was a, that was a really nice addition so it's a really good addition to all the chatterbait lineup and you can merchandise the chatterbaits and your trailers together and everybody looks at the names so of chatter spike you know what it's for exactly so uh boy you, you had a lot of stuff what yeah i know you got a list going yet what else we have um another really cool thing we came out with this year has been a, a big hit for us was the gobius which is a, a pre-rigged goby style swim bait um it's got a protective fin on it. it's got an internal weight and of course it's made out of elastic so it's going to be super durable but we did this one um and we wanted to do three different sizes a three eighths half and a three quarter and that three quarter ounce is really for those guys that are fishing you know like big heavy currents and we need to get this thing down quickly but it's a really lifelike um little goby imitation but the thing we found is that a lot of people are looking at this bait um and because of the the overall i guess universal size of this thing you know being you know, only about three inches long um is that it's there are so many other forward species that resemble a goby you know whether it's a bullhead whether it's a sculpin or you know mud minnow there's all kinds of different things that can look like this so we've been seeing a lot of people pick this up for uses in a lot of fisheries outside of where gobies might be naturally found. 
Yeah, I saw this at a tackle show recently, and you guys got to take a look at it. It's really neat. You did some, uh, added some more uh, uh, shapes to the micro finesse, also, right? We did, yeah. We added some some really cool new shapes to that. We added um, what we call a baby baller, which has a little ball tail at the end, so that like if you're fishing a vertical presentation and you just want to kind of hold it in one place, that little ball tail will just sit there and kind of vibrate or move with any motion of the water. And then the other thing that we added was the micro goat, with a little twin tail that goes along with the rest of our goat series. Thing's got a ton of action. It's got a little rib body on it that catches air bubbles on the way down. It's got a ton of action to it. And then we added the micro shad heads to go along with that. So we have that shad-shaped head um, with the 3D eye on there um, and a really effective keeper system on it with a really good quality hookup. It's a pretty good-sized fish on that little hook, and it's very stout. So that, you know, kind of added to that whole that whole micro finesse category and that whole system that's really become um, one of our top-selling overall categories. Yeah, and I have a feeling that uh, next year's new items are already being worked on, and there's going to be a lineup of those, too. And uh, uh, if you haven't tried any of the Z-Man products, you need to cross the tackle stores across the country. We'll have them. Um, I'm excited to try that chatterbait. I, I think um, not only just casting and retrieving, but that flipping and pitching is going to be, uh, be a key uh, technique to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So far, the reviews have been very positive on it, so people really seem to like it. And it's like I said, it was well designed. We took our time designing it. We wanted to have a really good quality product there. And you always do, Glenn. You always have good quality products, great information, and uh, I'm sure it won't be the last time that I have you on the We Fish ASA podcast. I thank you for your time and uh, look forward to the next time we get to talk. Likewise, Dave. Always great to talk to you, man. Excellent. That was Glenn Young from Z-Man. I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast. And this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. We will be right back after these messages. Calcutta Outdoors. From bluegill to bluefin, Calcutta Outdoors has the innovative outdoor recreational brands that consumers are looking for. We offer a wide range of trusted products, from fishing rods, combos, and tackle to coolers, drinkware, outdoor apparel, and marine accessories. Calcutta Outdoors. Daiwa. Our SV system is made with one thing in mind, casting control. The design of the spool as well as how the spool interacts with the braking system gives maximum control and ease of use when it comes to situations people might generally struggle with. Whether it's casting lightweight baits, skipping, pitching, casting into the wind, or even if you're just getting accustomed to a bait casting reel, SV is designed to help you excel. When set properly, SV reels virtually eliminate Backlashes, Daiwa. St. Croix, crafting the best rods on earth takes a team effort. Takes a lot of hands to produce a St. Croix fishing rod, 32 to be exact. Every rod we manufacture is carefully crafted, assembled, and tested by passionate professionals who want to ensure you have the best fishing experience possible. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. This segment of the We Fish ASA podcast is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. My next guest is a Bassmaster Elite Series angler, and he has not been on the program that we could remember. Uh, so welcome to the program, Pat Schlappler. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Getting ready to get the Elite Series in. Elite Series season started. Yeah, it's coming. You know, unfortunately, we're... Uh, 
I tape up in Northern Illinois and we're experiencing uh, some terrible temperatures. It was minus 14 this morning. Uh, the last few days have been cold. We're making ice, but you're you're heading down to practice, Toledo Bend, Fork, and uh, you got to be looking forward to getting into a warmer climate. I am, you know, I'm from Wisconsin, so it's cold there too, but you know, the early part of the week here down in Texas where I'm going and, and in Louisiana is not going to be warm down there either. I was actually supposed to leave on Saturday, this past Saturday, but with the weather coming, I didn't want to. And some of the stuff I've seen on the drive so far, I'm glad I waited. So hopefully by the time I get down you know, to Texas, it's straightened out a little bit and I can actually fish. Yes. And so you uh, high school and college guys that are aspiring tournament anglers, uh, listen to what he's saying. It's not just the fishing, it's the travel. It's getting the rig there and yourself there safely. And, and there is still weather elements you see all the glory on tv and you see these guys fishing the elites and the Bassmaster classic and all the good things but uh it's a job isn't it pat it's a full-time job you know and i'm going into my fourth year on the elites and uh it's as i feel like as you kind of become more established and start you know i've had some pretty decent seasons you just keep getting busier and busier which it's good but um, a lot of that is, yeah, everybody sees you you fishing, but the actual fishing is such a small part of, of trying to actually make this, you know, what I guess a lot of people call this a career. I'm not sure what I call it yet, but there's a lot of the stuff that goes unseen um, that's a a much bigger part of trying to make this work than just going out and, and fishing nine events a year. Absolutely. You're now... Uh the schedule this year, have you been to all the places or are there I think there's some places that you guys haven't been to yet, right? Yes, I've not I've not been on Toledo Bend, so that's why I you know, want to get down there a few days. It's a lot of timber and you know, more to learn how to navigate. I've never been on Wheeler and I've never been on Smith Lake. So uh, every everything else I've at least been on. So uh, I'll I'll pre practice Toledo Bend, Smith and Wheeler, and the rest of them, I, I I'm not going to go to um, because I've I've been to a lot of them several times now. Yeah, and then when you figure out the guy that figures out what's going on with the bass bite, pretty much the day before the tournament starts is is probably the guy that's going to be the most dialed in. Yeah, that's true. You know, and a lot of a lot of these, I like to just go and know where the boat ramps are, know how to, you know, somewhere, somewhere like Fork or Toledo Bend, know how to run into a certain area just to save you. Because we only have three days of practice, and with very few off days after our practice, you really have about two and a half by the time you get all your tackle ready the third day. So, like, I want to know, you know, how to run in somewhere, how to get out, places to avoid, where there's grass, you know, where there's brush piles, just a lot of that stuff that I, I, I don't really necessarily concentrate too much on finding fish during these pre-practice periods. It's just more about learning, learning the lake, how to get around, where the gas stations are, places to avoid, stuff I don't want to stress out about the week of the tournament. No, absolutely not. There, and that there's another factor to it: the where where to get gas, where the ramps, and where you're staying. All of that, you get uh, a sense of being familiar with it. That makes a big difference. Anytime you go back to somewhere two, three, four, five times, that's out of your head because so much of the fishing is mental, isn't it? It really is, and and 
you, you know, I, I'm coming in. I came into this a, a lot older than a lot of the people that are getting involved now. So, you know, I re- I realized that I kind of developed the mental side of it a lot, you know, fishing local tournaments, some bigger regional stuff. And uh, I, I think that's something that you're starting to hear about a little more now, but it's still, you know, everybody seems to be focused on who's got the best electronics and who got the most sponsors and all that. But there's just the mental side of it is, is very, very, very key. And if you can harness that, um, you, you've got a lot better chance of being successful. Yes. And, and in the first time, as you mentioned, the, uh, the, uh, youngness of the field, I think the first time, uh, in a long time, the average age of an elite angler is going down. Uh, uh, what impresses you or not impressed you about the uh, the new field coming in? These young guys, there's a lot, I think, four or five of them are pretty darn young. Yeah, the majority of them. I think Ben Milliken is the oldest one, and I think he's like 34 or something. The rest of them are really young. And, uh, you know, I know, I don't know personally, but, uh, you know, there's a handful of them that have, you know, kind of have an advantage of, you know, they come from money and they kind of can – they got free reign to do whatever they need to do to get it there. And, and unfortunately that stigma has surrounded a few of them, which yes, that's great to have that advantage. But the bottom line is there's a lot of people that have advantages like that and don't catch them. So some of these guys that caught them every single day last year and have caught them for several years, I mean, don't let that, you know, overshadow, your thoughts on them getting there so it's just kind of one of those things where you know they couldn't do it without forward-facing sonar and without all this you know money in their family but to catch them for nine tournaments in a row i mean they're doing something right and i know that a lot of them guys work worked a lot harder than the majority of the field to get to that point so um, I'm impressed with them. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, you know, when they get to the top level, because as good as a lot of them are, it's, it's gonna, I think it's an eye opener for anybody who gets to the elite series, you know, when you see how good everybody is there. Yeah. And, and when you look at the list of the guys, seasoned veterans that these kids, basically kids beat, they, they earned a right to be there. And I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't care how they got there. I don't care, you know, what help they had. They're there now. They're standing on their own two feet and it's going to be interesting to see how they do. And I'm looking forward to watching them. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to watching uh, you also, and I want to hear more about your sponsors, but I have to take a quick break, Pat, for my sponsors, and then we'll come back with more of the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast. We'll be right back. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected. But what you can do is take matters into the seat of your, well, shorts. Meet AFCO's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. Built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry dock for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuables safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts from AFCO. Learn more at aftco.com slash overboard. 
For over 75 years here at St. Croix, we believe Evy Angler deserves the best fishing experience possible in being equipped and prepared for the moment opportunity strikes. You can only provide control if you are in control. Our legacy is being written every day with decisions today determining our successes tomorrow. We value contributions and successes of all individuals, protecting and preserving the things that matter most, taking care of people like family, the persistent pursuit of perfection, St. Croix. Daiwa, MAG4Z, similar in design to our SV system. Reels with MAG4Z excel when it comes to casting control while fishing bigger, heavier baits. Our standard reels have a fixed rotor on the spool, meaning the braking pressure is consistent across the entirety of the cast. MAG4Z incorporates a spool that has a dynamic rotor that can adjust out and back from the spool. This gives you maximum control and casting precision. Daiwa. The We Fish ASA podcast is back, and I welcome back Pat Schlappler. How you doing, Pat? Pretty good. So uh, we took a break for some of our sponsors. Let's make sure we get this out of the way and make sure that we mention uh, who help, uh, helps you on the road because the, nobody can do this by themselves. Yeah, my, my, my title sponsor, Shields All Sports, I've, been, I've actually worked, worked with them at the Eau Claire store um, since 2004. So they're, they're my title sponsor. I still work there part-time. And then I have, you know, St. Croix Rods. I've used them almost my entire life. Um, uh, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Striker Clothing um, out of Hudson, Wisconsin, awesome company. Um, and then I've got, you know, I, that, I don't have a lot of stuff in the industry. The bulk of mine is outside the industry. So a lot of local help. Wolf Ridge Splitters makes high-end uh, commercial wood splitters. A friend of mine owns a big storage business, Big Toy Storage. Um, I've actually got a really cool law firm, and even where you're from, you may have, have you seen the Nicolay Law Firm signs all over the yeah, place? Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, I've got him, which is super cool, it's the most asked about logo on the boat, everybody <laughs> asked me about that one, so uh, yeah, I've got I've got a ton of, ton of local support, um, I've got a, uh, a lodge in Ontario, Canada called Bear Paw Landing, uh, he does archery bear hunts he does whitetail hunts wolf hunts and then really really crazy good fishing um he's been with me for three years and i'm actually right now doing a giveaway on my facebook and instagram page where all you have to do is go on there and guess what place i'll end up in the angler of the year standings and then you know like the post the typical stuff like the pages and you can win a week stay up there plus a saint croix rod and a seven reel so excellent and you don't have to pay anything you literally have to go on there guess what i'm gonna finish in the aoi standings there and i you gave go. away two trips up there last year and um yeah so go do that it's it's a good trip absolutely and you're on all the social media the Yep, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I do have a TikTok account that my wife does. I, I don't really have anything to do with that. Uh, but Pat Shopper Fishing on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I post the most on Instagram just because it's easiest for me to use. Yep. Um, I make a lot of reels, you know, some funny reels. I do snack reviews. I do some cool stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely worth giving me a follow. Excellent, excellent. And I would recommend that. Uh, is there somewhere on this, this schedule that... Uh, Got you excited that that you've been there before, or the time of year that you're there, or you just feel right about? Uh, I'm always excited to go to Lake Champlain. 
I just really like it up there. It's big. You got smallmouth, largemouth, a lot of different ways to catch them. You catch a lot of fish. Um, Plattsburgh is a nice, nice town. Um, it's, I, I really like it up there. Everybody, a lot of people ask me where my favorite place to fish is out of everywhere I fished. And it's, it's Lake Champlain every time. So, uh, and I've done all right up there. I, I, last season was this the second time I fished the elite series there. My first year I didn't do great. Last year I did pretty good. So that's probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. What month are you there this year? Uh, August. August. Both okay. The same time we were there there last year. Our second, you know, we typically go there first, and then we end at the St. Lawrence River. So that's what we're doing this year. And the St. Lawrence River is obviously unbelievable too, as far as it just the sheer size of the fish. But uh, this year we're taking off out of uh, the the upper, or I guess it would be the lower end. We're taking. Um, we got to run a long ways to get to the lake. Where, so, are you guys going out of Waddington or Messina? Or? We're going out of Waddington. Okay. So, you know, we have been going out of, uh, on the lower end. Oh, Clayton. And Clayton. Yeah. And uh, it makes it a lot easier to get out into that lake where you go out of Waddington. I mean, you're talking a commitment and Gas stop. Have much, yeah, not much time to fish. So I have not made that run yet. Um but I probably will be this year because I don't, I, I want to get out on the lake. I don't want to spend any time in the river unless I have to. Yeah, unless the, the weather dictates that, uh, it seems like most of the money uh, higher finishes gets one in the mouth of the lake or at least almost to wherever the limit is that they allow you to go. Yes, for sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah, not that you can't catch fish in the river there because I think you can catch them anywhere. Uh, you know, due to the fact that you have uh, all these tournaments, whether they're going out of Clayton or Waddington or Messina, you know, taking those fish all the way down to Messina, they they don't all make it back to the lake. Oh, no, it's great fishing up there, too. I mean, there's still good fish to be caught, but I just think the chances of doing it for four days are a lot slimmer in the river you know you might have a 24 25 pound day but then the next day you might only catch 19 pounds and you just can't win there doing that so uh you can have a good event but it's the days of you know 20 pounds there now i don't the last two years i don't even think 20 pounds a day made that made the top 50 cut there right right it's now this year going out of out of waddington i would expect the cut weight to be lower just because you're not going to have as many people making that run. And there's so many factors being the last tournament of the year. You know, if you're close to the, the classic cut or you might get cut from the elites or you're you're really in contention for EOI, <laughs> there's a lot more factors where you have to calculate, you know, the risk that you're going to take. All those things, yes, yes. Now on Champlain, are, are you, uh, you fish brown or green or both? Both. You know, last year I weighed in all smallmouth. Uh, you know, and I had, I think I finished like 20 something, you know, good event. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't, I had gone up there the previous year before we went to the St. Lawrence River just to practice, just to fish for large ones. And man, I caught some big ones. So, but last year just didn't, it, the large mouth weren't as big of a factor. I mean, there was some weight in, but. You know, for whatever reason, they they just weren't they just weren't as big of a factor. You didn't even see a ton of them weighed in. So, but you could go there. We could go there this year, and you know, people 
could win with largemouth. So that's why I like it. It's really you you could get onto something special with largemouth or smallmouth and have a realistic chance of winning the tournament. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. There's there's both there. It's it's fun to watch, like you said, fun place to fish. Uh, well, we're going to be be keeping an eye on you, and hopefully, it won't be the last time we have you on because most of the time uh, we get the winners, as long as it fits their schedule, and and hopefully uh, you'll win one or two or or an AOI or who knows what's going to happen. But it's going to be a great season. Middle of January, you're starting yours off. You're heading south, and uh, Pat, we wish you nothing but the best and look forward to talking to you in the future. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. That was Pat Schlappler. I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast. I would like to thank Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Thank you to St. Croix, the best rods on earth, and thank you, Daiwa. They've got your bass covered. Dan Johnson, thanks for talking ice fishing. Not everybody always gets to do it, but I think some might try after listening to what you had to say. Glenn Young brought us up to speed on all the new products out by Z-Man. Can't wait to try some of those. And you just heard from Pat Schlappler, Bassmaster Elite angler watch him as he goes forward this season he's going to be fun to watch i'm looking forward to bringing you the we fish asa podcast next week until then please take someone fishing to help grow our sport i'm professional angler kevin van dam and people always ask me what's the best and easiest way to catch fish well that's simple keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit keepamericafishing.org and pledge to pitch it.